You are listening to Mastering Law, the podcast, and we have a great one for you today. It is about vacation and retirement, and it is the secrets that I've developed over the years that actually gave me retirement choice in my early 40s. Well, we're going to talk not only about retirement, but about vacations. This is how to make your life more enjoyable and to have choices as you go along. So let's jump right in. Life is not all about just working until you die. But I'm telling you, we all see lawyers that do exactly that. They work, they work, they work, they never take a vacation, they never even have a retirement plan. And what happens? They end up leaving us, leaving this planet, and they have nothing to show for it but a lot of hard work. Maybe they did save up some money, but they never had a chance to enjoy it. And why is that? Well, it's because they never planned. Now, you are not going to be like one of these losers. And I don't mean to use this word loser lightly. What really defines a loser is somebody who goes through life, never takes a real vacation, never has the ability to retire, never enjoys life. And you're not supposed to wait until you're in your 60s or your 70s to think about enjoying life and having real vacations. Otherwise, we, we just, we don't. We have no idea how long we're going to be on this planet. We got to make the most of it today. Now, this podcast, if you follow my advice, is going to change things forever for you. It's going to put you on a completely different path of enjoying so much more of your life, giving you many, many more vacation days for minimum cost, and also going to give you a whole game plan as to how you're going to have a great nest egg with which to retire. So first, and there's nothing magical, it's just probably things you haven't thought about. Let's tackle your vacation first. Now, always start with planning your vacations. And you need to plan those around what for lawyers? The court calendar. Now you might say, wait a minute, Tom, I'm not like you. I'm not a trial lawyer. I'm a transactions guy, blah, blah, blah. Well, our world as attorneys, typically in our firms and all, revolves around a court calendar, revolves around the holidays. Go ahead and use those to start your planning. You, if, if you don't have a court calendar right now, you need to go get one. But that's where we're going to start with. So first thing you do is you block off all the dates that are on your court calendar when the courts are going to be closed. That's your starting point. Do it now. If you don't have a copy of a calendar, Tell your staff to go find you one. The next time you're near the courthouse, call the clerk, get one. You can get a court calendar. Now, you need to go ahead and put all those dates. Have your staff or you do it yourself. Put them all on your calendar and make sure you know when Martin Luther King Day is. You know when, I mean, the 4th of July week is. All well, You know it's the 4th of July, but when does the week start? When does it end? You need to make sure you put all of those things in your calendar so that nothing gets scheduled over it. You don't have depositions that fall in it. You don't have appointments. You don't have other things that jam up your planning. Now, let's talk about the theory behind vacation planning. Here's our hard and fast rule. You gotta plan it or it's not gonna happen. That's plain and simple. And you have to buy into this theory because you're going to do something about it right now. You're going to plan your vacations. You're going to make it a rule to plan out your next year's vacation starting in July. And I want you to take your calendar and own it. 
put 15, 20 minutes in to start looking at how your next year, depending on the year you're listening to this, whether it's 2017, 18, 19, 20, whenever it might be, go ahead and in July set aside 15, 20 minutes. And we talk about those 15-minute bites that allow you to start taking uh, the bites out of the Big Apple. Well, this is one of them. You want to start that in July. Adjustments can be made. They're expected to be made if your court calendar is not already out. But a lot of those dates you can go ahead and plan on anyway. You can fill it in, tweak it out later. Now, what are the benefits of this planning? Well, you're going to get vacations, and there's two types, mini and maxi vacations. We're going to talk about those in a minute. And this is a whole part of our theory. It's a little different than things you might have planned and heard before. If you plan ahead for your short and your long vacations, you're going to get things like discounted prices for planning ahead. You're going to get so many more choices. You're going to have the time to go out and get your your, your travel guides and all the other things and find the cool places to go. You're going to have the ability to... Uh, have more time to explore all sorts of other options. And then the big thing that I learned, we took a vacation this last Christmas to Utah. My girls had been skiing out east a number of times, but they'd never been to Utah. Well, one of them had when she was very young, didn't remember it. And that anticipation of that trip for the several months before we took it, we talked about it all the time. I explained how big the mountains were, what the snow was like. It made the trip so much more enjoyable just having those discussions over dinner and thinking about it and planning and ordering the equipment and getting everything ready because we knew when it was months in advance. That's another benefit that a lot of people miss out on when all they do is, oh, uh, I had this case fall through. I've got two days off. I can go do something. That's not the way to plan your vacations and to really make it work, whether it's just for you or your family. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting out there right now saying, well, I I can't afford a vacation. Sure you can. You can afford plenty of time off if you plan it, you look for deals, and if you have to, you choose less expensive places to go to. You can go see relatives if that's all you can do. You can get out of town, but I'm telling you, you've got to get out of town. You need the time. You need the time to rest. You need the time to recoup. You need the time to recharge. You need the time to be with your family. You need the time to realize what life is all about. Because I'm telling you, you will find very quickly life passing you by. And you also need time to be able to sit around, you know, early in the morning after you've had a couple of days of rest. Maybe you get up with your pad and pencil and you listen to another episode of Mastering Law and you start taking some notes and doing a little planning on your vacation. Not a bad thing to do. But I'm telling you, all work and no play makes Jack or Jill a very dull, dissatisfied, and unhappy lawyer. So don't be that way. Okay, here are the ideas about the types of vacations regarding the link that I talked about before, the mini and the maxi vacations. I suggest you plan mini vacations, get this, once a month for four days. It's the way I like to do it. I like to plan them way in advance so I have my whole year charted out before it even begins. Now you can tie it to a court holiday, which means you got a Monday off. And this is what I typically do. If I'm doing the Monday off, I plan it Thursday through Monday. Means I leave Thursday afternoon, either after work or sometime in the afternoon. So all I miss, all I miss is a Friday. That's it. Other times, 
I just take Wednesday through Sunday. And what I do there is I leave Wednesday afternoon and I have, I miss two days from work. So the first option with the Monday off, like on Martin Luther King Day, that means you leave on Thursday, you just take Friday off, you have Saturday and Sunday and Monday. I mean, that's a great amount of time to just forget about all your cares and troubles, get out of the office, do something fun with your family, with yourself, with your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it might be. And at the most, if you do the Wednesday, Sunday, then all you end up missing is just two days of work, a Thursday and a Friday at the end of the week. You can do this if you plan it in advance. And I'm telling you, it is so worth it. If you've not taken a short mini vacation for a while, you, you don't know what you're missing, particularly when you do it once a month. If your staff knows, if you can do this, if you set it up like the third Thursday and Friday of every month, I'm out. I'm not here. Don't plan anything. I will not be here, period. If you're, if you're a state like North Carolina, you can go ahead and put those dates actually on your uh, we, we have guaranteed leave for at least two weeks. That's 10 days. So you could pick out a number of those days and go ahead where you think you might have conflicts if you're a trial lawyer like I am and plan those and the court will not allow the state or the other side in a case to calendar it for those days. And again, this only happens if you plan it in advance. Your state is probably the same. Now, let's go from the mini vacations, which are fabulous and wonderful, to the maxi vacations, to the long ones. And again, before we, we even jump into that, don't forget the months of December and January and July where you have lots of these potentials for the maxi vacations for the long time, the, the long-term vacations. You can go ahead and take those off your list. So from the start, if you just take four days of vacation, and again, depending on your schedule, you might be taking one or two days off for each one of those, you're going to get 36 new days of travel time. Think about that. 36 new days for you to travel near or far, to go camping, to go to battlefields, to go to state parks, to go to plays in New York City, to go to Vegas, to go to the wine country, anything. To go see your relatives, go see old friends, go to a football game and actually hang around. Enjoy life. Now back to the maxi vacations. You need to plan those well in advance because you want to get deals, you want to get offers, you want to have the most options possible because you're going to go somewhere for a longer amount of time. Teaming, teaming those things up with court holidays is going to reduce a lot of conflicts because, as you know, courts are going to be closed. Most attorneys, even attorneys who, who aren't court-based attorneys, even the transactional attorneys, their firms are shut down. They're not going to be wanting to plan things. So, if you plan in advance, you'll already have the best deals that you can find. And then you say, wait a minute, I can't really afford this. Again, you got so many options these days with the internet. You can swap your house for a week. Swap your house with somebody in Ireland or somebody in, uh, in California, whatever it might be. You can go to like my wife and I were in on, a, on an inexpensive uh, four-day vacation in London a few months ago for one of our anniversaries. We went to Airbnb and got an unbelievable deal on a cool one-bedroom efficiency in Soho for a few hundred bucks a night rather than like six or eight hundred dollars for a hotel room that had absolutely no character. We had a cool place and had a wonderful time and an inexpensive fun trip. 
You can always rent condos, apartments, you know, all sorts of things. Uh, and you can have some real, real lengthy downtime. My last vacation hint. Always head back home, particularly on these mini vacations, on a Saturday. Now, it saves you another night's stay. The flights are so much easier than rushing around on a Sunday morning. Uh, or if, if you're taking one of those holidays where Monday is the vacation day, come back Sunday night if it's like a state holiday, a national holiday. The reason is you can, again, save that extra hotel night stay. You can come back on much easier, less crowded flights I have found over and over. And then you got Sunday to sort of rest and recover, to lay around the house, to get things in order so that you're not rushing back exhausted on a Sunday night to get up Monday morning and come back to work or a Monday night to get up and come back to work Tuesday morning if it's a Monday holiday. So, I mean, for me, I love going skiing in Utah. From the East Coast, it's a long haul. I go out on a Wednesday, get there in the evening, ski all day uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And instead of staying over Saturday night and flying all day Sunday, I take the red-eye flight back. I get back home about 9 or 10 in the morning. Am I tired? Yeah. In the Marines, I learned to sleep pretty much anywhere. I can sleep a little bit on the plane, but I got the whole day to recover. And I'm not jet-lagged getting in at 10 or 11 o'clock at night after having flown all day. So I find that over and over again is a great way to do things. Now, let's go on to retirement. That's the second part of our discussion today. And here's the advice that I'm going to give you, and it is absolutely the simplest, but it is the best advice. This is what allowed me to have retirement choice in my mid-40s, and it had nothing to do with my law practice except it was able to help pay the bill on this. And what was it? Well, in my late 20s, early 30s, I actually bought two buildings for my law firm. I was in practice with another person. We had a law building in Raleigh, and we had one down in Wilmington. And for about 15 years, we paid on those buildings. And when my partner decided to retire, we sold both of those buildings. And I had in my pocket several hundred, I think it was $400,000, $600,000. It was several hundred thousand dollars that just dumped into my pocket money from heaven. Now, I could have made the decision to actually not buy a building in either place, could have simply leased a building in both those places, and what would I have had to show for it? Absolutely nothing. Because leasing is buying someone else's building for them. And you should never never, 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 ever do that if you can possibly help it. Why? Because the government wants you to own your own building. Why? Because they give you incredible tax advantages. They're just too good not to buy. Plus, every dollar you pay comes back to you when you sell the building as long-term capital gains, not ordinary income. It's just too good a deal to be true. And you might say, wait a minute, I, I don't have the down payment. I don't know how I could ever do it. I don't know where a building is. Well, let me tell you, this is what you need to do. You need to talk to a realtor today. Ask around if you don't know the best realtor who has the best ends, knows the most about the city, the town, the municipality, the county, whatever it is you're in. 
Go meet with them. Sit down with them. They'll come to your office. Tell them what you need to do. Ask them what a building would cost that meets your parameters. Tell them where you'd like to be and see if they have suggestions because I'm telling you, for instance, I know an attorney that practices here in our capital city and I've been to his office, large law firm. I go in and they represent several institutions mostly. They are renting their office space, class A office space in a big downtown office building. They are paying thousands and thousands of dollars a month and when I walk in, it's nice enough, but I think to myself, why are these guys doing this? They have a huge staff of lawyers. They have a big ownership committee who could buy a building. They have a large staff. They're paying all these parking fees and everything else, and they represent an institution, or several, that could care less where they are. Being downtown does almost nothing for them because the firms are spread all over the place. So it doesn't mean that they're like saving uh, the ability, the, 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 the requirement to have to travel everywhere. It makes no sense except I know what they're operating under. They're operating under the old paradigm. We need to be downtown. We need to rent class A office space. We need to be in a high rise office building. That's what we need to do. And there's absolutely no reason for it. And I'm thinking so many of these guys could have sold their shares out and retired years ago if they'd have bought their own building 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But they didn't have that foresight. They didn't have, I guess, that knowledge, that wisdom that comes from thinking it through that you now have. Maybe you're going to need to save for the down payment. You can't afford it right now. But you know what? Again, with a good realtor, you might find somebody who will allow you to lease with an option to purchase. Somebody that might allow you to pay more every month in order to have that go to a down payment. Who knows? Who knows? You don't know unless you ask, unless you get out there and start working. For the naysayers who are listening to me right now, well, that won't work. I could never afford that. You are acting very, very short-sighted. I would never have imagined that I could have bought two buildings, owned them for about I think now that I think about it, like 13 years, 14, and, and made more money that one year, you know, than I'd made in the prior two years. I mean, it was unbelievable when I sold those buildings and had all that money just fall into my lap at once. Now, I mean, you, you just have got to make that plan. And you've got to go ahead and start carrying that out. You've got to do something that's going to, Push the ball down the field. I want you to mark your calendar. I want you to mark your calendar right now. You can stop the podcast. I want you to mark it for 15 minutes once a month, a recurring appointment to yourself to work on finding a building. The first thing you're going to do is call a realtor. The next thing you're going to do, if it's nothing more than once a month calling that realtor and getting an update, if you stay in their ear, if they know you're out there, something's going to come up for you. You've got to come up with a plan. You've got to know how much it is you need to save if you have to do that, but you've got to plan it. Please, please, please do this because I want <laughs> emails in 10 years, 12 years, 15 years from people who have heard my podcast today and say, Tom, I took your advice, man. I just retired early. I just retired and I had hundreds of thousands of dollars I'd never expected that I made off selling my building that gave me that ability. 
And again, think about really where is it you need to be? Why are you where you are? And do you have to be in a place that expensive? Can you find some other place? Do you need to be downtown? Would it be better to be in the suburbs? Does your office need to be near your house or near the beach? Do you need two offices maybe? It's not always a bad thing if they can pay for themselves because so much of what you're thinking about is spending this money wisely. The beautiful thing about real estate is when you pay the freight on it, you get the tax benefits of it. You're also, unlike most assets, you're paying it down as it at least hopefully holds its value or maybe even appreciates. Okay, think that all the way through. Now, when you're ready to retire, what do you do with it? Well, depending. If you're in a firm with a number of other people, you can sell out your position. You can sell the property. You can, what? Simply rent it out and receive a monthly check. If the, if the market conditions are not so good at that point, maybe you don't want to sell it. Maybe you want to wait for the market to get better then you can rent it and get a monthly check for it and then sell it when the market conditions get better. But I'm telling you, you need this choice. And by buying your own building, you're going to have that choice. It's going to be your nest egg. Now, again, buy smart. A good realtor is going to help you buy a place for appreciation, going to help you buy a place for convenience, and also a place you can scale if you're going to grow up or downsize your firm. Think about all those things. That's why a good realtor is so important. And you may pick a loser to begin with. Somebody who doesn't call you back, doesn't care, doesn't help. Keep looking. There's so many good realtors, hungry realtors out there, just like lawyers. You can find somebody who's going to take care of you because they know you're going to buy the building. Someday you're going to sell the building. You may buy another building or two. You may buy a new home. They want to invest in you. You need somebody quality. That's why I'm saying ask around. Just, just don't pick someone out of the phone book or out of the, out, of the, uh, out of the newspaper. Ask around. Find a great commercial broker. Now, the last quick suggestion I have has nothing to do with buildings. It's about your 401k. A few things I've learned I would suggest. Again, I'm not an expert at all in this. I would, I would encourage you to go ask other people. But personally, these are things that I've learned. I always want an independent broker that thinks out of the box because when you go to set up your 401k, if you don't have one, you need one. You need to go start one today. Another thing to put on your calendar, start asking who good financial planners are, uh, financial advisors, find one, get a 401k set up for your firm today. I had it out with a friend the other day when I learned he didn't have a 401k. Been in practice for years had no 401k. I said, are you crazy, man? Oh, well, I don't know anything about the stock market. Well, here's my next piece of advice. When you set up your 401k, and this is why you need a good financial advisor and good advisors, period, you can set it up to where your plan allows you self-direction so that you can put your money into anything you want, virtually anything. You can put it into the stock market. You can put it into commodities, into metals like gold, and guess what? Real estate. You can put it into real estate. So I'm telling you, when you start to set up this plan, do not set it up with somebody who's going to only allow you to deal with their little, uh, their little fund, their little family of funds, and they set up some crappy plan that doesn't allow you because there are folks who are just going to set it up to where they can make the money 
only when you put it in the stock market. And they're going to have you in the stock market all the time, whether the market's good or bad, and you won't have any choice. You'll have people tell you, oh, it's so complicated to do it the other way. They're lying. Okay, you can set it up the right way, do it the right way, take good care of yourself. Now, also, you want to make sure when you set up your plan, you set it up with one that will maximize your contributions while not necessarily doing the same with your employees so that you're not having to dump all of the money in at the same percentages and such that the owners can, and there are ways to do that. And again, a good financial planner, a good advisory firm, uh, a good tax lawyer is going to make sure that that happens. So you need to make sure that you do, and again, this is another one, find, ask around, find a good tax lawyer who understands this area of the law, who can make sure that you get in touch. That may be the person that actually helps you find the financial advisor that you need, but that attorney will be worth his or her weight in gold. I use that term a lot, I know, but in this case, it is an accurate description of what this person will be for you. So keep those things in mind. Set up the 401k. It's encouraged by the government. You get tax breaks for it. Money in your pocket, okay? The money you get, you put in there. You get, you get tax incentives to do that, okay? Additionally, make sure that it's self-directed, that you are able to choose other investment vehicles, real estate, gold, precious metals, stocks, whatever it is that you're not stuck, and make sure that it's a plan that maximizes your personal contributions to you and allows you to not have to put the same percentage in as your employees. There are ways to do that. I've set mine up that way in the past. So until and unless that law changes, again, that's why I'm telling you, not giving you advice, telling you to get good advice, but keep these things in mind. There you have it. Make vacation and retirement action items in your plan. Plan these things so that you have choices, so that you don't get to the end of your legal career realizing, man, I never had a good time. I never got out. I never saw the world. I never had a vacation. And now I got nothing to show for it but the paycheck I got every month or so and spent. And I have no retirement. No, man. You want to get to the end and you want to have said, I had a great life. I went so many places, had so much fun. And I sold my building and I had all this income come in to give me retirement choice. And I set up a great 401k plan that I was able to use and watch that money accumulate for me without taxes during that time period. I mean, again, these are smart things to do. These are the things you need to do. These are the things I want you to do. And I want to hear back from you in years uh, hence as to how much of an effect this made on you. Because if you make these action items, put them in your calendar, start acting on them today, you will not regret this. You will never regret taking this advice. God bless you. I'm Tom Goolsby for MasteringLaw.com. We love to hear from you. Sign up for our email newsletter. Make sure you do all these things. Listen to us every week. Let us hear back from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you. God bless.